Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk. How's it going? It's going so well. How are you, sir? Great to be with you. Good to see you, my friend. Always good to see you. Here we are, show 200 and something. We're just rocking and rolling. That's right, 227. As the old saying goes, the 227th time is the charm. <laughs> Here we are sipping coffee, recording. Yeah, thank you for that, by the way. I need, I need a shout out. For those that know Paul George, you know the many sides of Paul George. I hope you know the generous side of Paul George. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, when you decide to be generous, you do it. I mean, you bring coffee to the studio. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty consistent when I'm on to something, and then I'm inconsistent when I'm not. I don't know if that makes well, that's any everybody, sense. That's everybody, right? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, you know, when I'm, I, I'm, I'm a pretty like um, routine rhythm guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, like I, I, you know, I sort of eliminate like ancillary decisions. I'm like, you know, keep things simple, like, because mm -hmm. my life's like moving, you know, and, and you hear sense. about like people who like, dress kind of the same every day they just decide not to you know like choose outfits it's just like oh, i'm just gonna wear these things all the time yeah okay yeah i, I can relate to that being a deacon there's some what you're lucky in that fashion way. choices taken but like if it. i go to lunch during the week i can go to the same place every day oh yeah i, I can eat the too. same foods every day and just i can go this and just kind of this rhythm because i think it helps me at least kind of like be creative in the other areas I need to. Mm -hmm. So then I spend less like time and energy. I know if we're in rhythm with the studio and what we're doing, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drive this way. I'm going to get coffee. I'm going to bring it to you. <laughs> we're going to record. We're going to play. We're going to do all these things. Yeah. It makes sense. Now well, the flip side of that, like the, you know, like the, the weak side of that is that <clears throat> if something takes me off course or off rhythm or like, you know, off pattern, I can get flustered a little bit. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Just ask has, my family. Has I Gretchen my, ever seen that? That's oh, what I was gonna ask. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like if you divert the plan in my mind, <laughs> it's like it's like rattling. Like I'm like having like that's the cardinal sin. Circle disrupted the, the routine, and it's okay because routines need to be disrupted, and sometimes we need to be spontaneous or change. You know, or like, yeah. but I'm I'm a thinker, so I I have to have time to like recalibrate. I'm you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, some people would say I probably have letters. Letters. Yeah, like O, C, and D. Oh. You know, I kind of say, okay. you know, I don't... Letters. Well, today I want to shout out the letters that spell generosity. I don't I know. I won't use all the letters because that's a long <laughs> word. I don't know what letters I have, but I have letters. Yeah. And I think it's okay. Like, I've come to a place in my life where I'm like, you know what? I have letters. Yeah. Well, some people work their their whole life to get letters after their name. Yeah, yeah it's not that's that, okay. that kind of letters. And think, sometimes you're given letters. I, I think being in denial <laughs> of our letters is, like, even worse. Yeah. You know, like I'm not accepting who you are. I'm not OCD or I'm not ADD or I'm not this. I'm, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, like I, I got certain <clears throat> letters that I just have to like own and, and navigate around and just laugh at myself a little bit. Yeah. I've always admired the self-awareness of people that recognize their tendency like that. Like maybe when I'm throwing off routine, I get really grumpy for me. Um, if I'm just fresh from like sleep or I couldn't sleep well, like the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to be grumpy. It's just going to happen. Yeah, just watch out. So, but to have the self-awareness to tell the people around you, like, look, I'm sorry, I'm grumpy. If you don't want to deal with it, I'll see you in 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> just let me re <laughs> recalibrate. So the good news, if you're listening today on the podcast or radio, if, if you have letters, you're part of the family. Like, yeah. you just, just own it. Like, live it yourself. And we'll, we'll all be fine. <laughs> That's you know, right. At the end of the day, like... 
you know, we're just moving forward, you know, learning to love ourselves the way God loves us and, and, and working on ourselves. Like not just sitting and like, oh, this is just the way I am and like, leave me alone. I'm going to stay grumpy and, you know, no, no, no. I'm going to work through those things and I'm going to try to grow in virtue and holiness and, and saintliness. But it's a process. You know, I yeah. was actually thinking this morning, I was praying my prayer time and uh, one of the readings was on on like a, like a conversion moment. It was a reading where uh, the guy with leprosy comes to Jesus with a withered hand, and mm-hmm. and he's like, "If you will it, will you heal me?" You mm-hmm. know, and Jesus is like, "Of course I will it." Like, boom, you're healed. You know, <laughs> and it had this moment of just like total healing in the moment. And then Jesus says, you know, don't tell anybody, which is like the sign of like, go tell everyone. And, <laughs> and like, he turns around and like, he goes, tell everyone. Right. And I was like pondering and praying with that. And then <clears throat> really, you know, just reflecting on it. And at the same time, I'm reading this book about St. Joseph and, and, and all this is like integrating in my prayer time. Right. All that being said, and I begin to think to myself and just like this grace to give myself permission is like so much of my conversion mentally spiritually emotionally right Mm -hmm. like because like all of us all of ourselves is is in the process of convert like we can't can just convert the mind just the heart just the emotion right we're we're all those things yeah as a human okay so if i can just admit like so much of my conversion has been a process it's been over time that god has been really patient with you know healing my brokenness. He's been, you know, certainly really patient with forming my mind and, and my heart and my will, you know, all those things have been a process. Yeah. Have there been moments of total change in a moment? Like, yeah, I'm done. I'm walking away. Certainly. But a lot of it has just been a long process. And so I pray with this desire, like just heal me in the moment, the withered hand, the the leprosy, boom, let me walk. And yeah, I can look back and say, there's probably been moments of like total forgiveness, total, total walk away. But the majority of my conversion has been a process. Mm-hmm. Well, and so I think those immediate conversions, those immediate changes, are really just introductions, wake-up calls to the deeper conversion God wants. And I think that, I mean, I don't know the man with the withered hand. I don't even know his name. I'll Maybe. probably meet him in heaven, I hope. He doesn't say. Like, you're that guy. You wouldn't know. Show because, me your hand, bro. Because his hand's healed. You're <laughs> like, right. hey. But I'm sure... When he told his story later, let's say 10 years after the fact, mm-hmm. that story began with that withered hand being healed, mm-hmm. right? But the yes. main, main storyline was not the hand, right? right. Yeah. And so there are a lot of things that the Lord will do immediately in our life with, I would say, the non-essential things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But we get caught up in how easy that went or how... But those are all pretty surfacey things. The deep things... The deep things that become the the things Saint Paul talks about about the thorn in his flesh that the Lord would not take from him, even mm-hmm. though he begged and begged and begged. That's what makes you a saint. Mm-hmm. That man wasn't a saint because his hand was healed. Right. It was the journey that that began with that he was willing to go on if he went on it. I don't know. Amen. Yeah. Well, we got a great show planned. Thanks for listening in on the radio or on the podcast wherever you are. We have. Mutual friends of ours. We just wrapped up our first round of great groups. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Uh, men journeying together had two groups, guys of about eight to ten guys. You were in one of them. Yeah, it was so great for me, man. I, I came and tell you. And it, it's 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 strange because I've I've done so many complicated things in my life to try to get better, become better, become holier. And the great group for me was just something so simple mm-hmm. and something God just did. Right. That like 
it, it was clearly him, you know, it was the brotherhood, it was the thing, but it was, it was just him, yep. you know, and that was just such a gift to me. Yep. And we're going to launch a, uh, another round of groups end of February. So I'll get the information out on that. Um, they'll probably fill up quick, but it, it's awesome. And what the guy said is like, look, yeah, it was simple, but like after the eight sessions, it, it, it was enough to like get me on a, on a path of consistency spiritually, right. like working new habits and growing spiritually to the point where I'm not going back. And mm-hmm. that's the whole point is yep. like, let, let's really grow and move forward. But we have a mutual friend who was in the group and him and his wife for the first time discovered that you and I have a podcast. That's right. Well, they live not here. Yeah. That's part of the reason. So they live in California. Yeah. The West coast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to the, uh, Aurelians. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know you had a podcast. I was like, yeah, it's sort of this, like, it's like this treasure that you uncover. Like, mm-hmm. you just find it, you know? I mean, we... Yeah, it I, seems like we've done our best time. I don't know. It. There's so many popular, famous, you know, podcasts out there. Right. That's not us. Yeah, that's not our thing. We've that's, just... That's not our letters. Fly <laughs> under the, the radar, and then people discover it, and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> And we're like, yeah, come on board. That's right. This is this. We're just like this consistent train going down. We yeah. are. All right. So speaking of the show, as we get started, um, <clears throat> do you have a heavy scene? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though. This one's uh, interesting. So it comes out of the uh, UK. It's one of those UK stories that I like. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, ha- have you ever just thought, I'm tired of being human? I mean, yeah, in part, like, I'm just tired and, like, being human is hard. Yeah, I mean. And you ever gaze out at, let's say, a dog or a cow or an animal. I know where you're going. I Totally. (laughs) Or an animal that doesn't have to worry about human things and you're like, I wish. That just looks so simple Mm -hmm. and peaceful. Right? There's this cow grazing in the pasture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Thomas Twaities had that experience. Okay. And 34-year-old, and he said, you know what? I'm doing it. Okay. I'm I'm all ears now. (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm I'm going all in. So he he was no stranger to doing strange experiments, I guess. I guess his um, life is before those opportunities. And he figured, you know, I'm going to talk to some some university friends that I have, and I'm going to make this work. So he fashioned for himself Hmm. some kind of apparatus to live as a sheep for multiple days. He lasted three days. He did. Okay. It's like camping anyway. You last about three days. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm kind of ready to go back home and <laughs> yeah. my bed and shower yeah. and food. Yeah. But he, he, he got these prosthetic hind legs. Are you kidding and, me? No, I'm serious. He, he, he fashioned this like suit thing. <laughs> Where he could be like a sheep. Okay. He ate grass. Okay. Good for him. And he did what the sheep did for uh, three days and then wrote a book about it. Oh, you did? And that book is is the subject of this article. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he he found himself stressed out with being human. Like the, the responsibilities of it, the all of that. And he was literally looking out at his dog. Actually, his niece's dog that he was babysitting or dog sitting. But in that part, like, I think we can all relate and be like, yeah, look, life's hard. Like, sometimes it's, like, really stressful. And I, and I look out in the pasture and I see, you know, a cow or a horse and be like, man, they just look so peaceful. And they're, they just don't have, obviously, the worries and the intellect. Like, like they're just a creature. 
and God just takes care of them and like they die great, whatever we eat them, you, you know, the whole deal. And it's just like, yeah, you know, and like, there's times where we want to escape and get away from the world. And like, you, you just came back from your silent retreat and you're like, yeah, like, it, you know, like we all have this desire. Like I get what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it, but I, he actually did it. Well, and I, I want to make it clear too. He didn't like go on a farm to live with sheep. He went in the wilderness. So this was like wild animals. Mm. In the Alps, the Swiss Alps. Okay. He, uh, he, so he went to a group of wild sheep, goat things. Yeah. And lived with them for three days. What? Just doing whatever a they maniac. did. maniac. Like this guy. <laughs> look, talk about letters. This guy's got some letters. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what they are and how many he has, but this guy's got letters. He ate grass for three days. I don't know how his body processed that. I, if I you're not used it to did. it. Um, that's probably why he went home. He's a little <laughs> backed up, but well, uh, he called it a special time, and he recommends other people do it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it's interesting to me. Like as you're talking about it, like my mind is just going all sorts of places. But <laughs> but I do think this is, you know, in a lot of ways, this is what happens when we <clears throat> avoid life and we begin to walk without God, like come something that we're not. Mm-hmm. And we we just search for like crutches and apparatuses and things that would help us to like be or feel better or like and it none of it works and before we know it like we're unrecognizable mm-hmm. like we're we're human but we look like a sheep and we and we're on four <laughs> legs and like we're just living this like life outside of who God created us to be I mean this is. This is like a life of of sin and dysfunction and lack of healing and like going the wrong direction and, uh, you know, moving into self-sufficiency and doing our own thing. And like before we know it, like we become really uh, this this being and creature that we're 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 unrecognizable, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And you, you remind me of something. Pope Benedict uh, wrote about before he was Pope. He just died, so he's on my mind. But yep. You're always on my mind. <laughs> but he was speaking about the crisis of modern culture, and um, he said, look, human beings, I'm paraphrasing, human beings are inherently dissatisfied with humanity. It's inherent to us. We have this inherent desire to be something else. And he said that's an ordered desire that God put in us so that we would want to become like him. Mm. We would want to become divine. We would want to, that, that inherent dissatisfaction with being a mere human would be a way that we reach out to the life that God wants to give us in heaven, which is more than human, right? It's, it's, it's divine, really, to share in his nature forever. Mm. Um, he said the other direction that desire can go is downward, or we could look to those things below us. And he said, this is the root of idolatry, that we look at things under us like animals and objects and whatever, chaos itself. Like we look at things under us and we see relief, relief from this inherent dissatisfaction with merely human. And he said, this is the drama of modern society is that so many people, when they experience that inherent dissatisfaction with their life, Mm aren't trained anymore culturally to look up. They look down. And they become, like you said, less than human, unrecognized. The irony of it all is that, and this, this is the garden, this is what the devil, seeing that in Adam and Eve, this desire for greater things, said yeah. you can only get it apart from God and they become less. The irony is when we become more than human, that is humanity fully alive. When we become 
united with God, sharing his life in us, we become the most human we could be. It's not that we, re- we neglect our humanity or forsake it. We actually discover it. But the opposite, when we go down, we lose it. We destroy yeah. it. Yeah, the life of God lives inside of us. You know, the spirit of God, and that grows. We become more and, you know, we become more of more human, more divine, like who we're called to be instead of less. And and, and this is, you know, this guy cracks me up, you know, but (laughs) like at the end of the day, like it's a sad story. Yeah. Like, like think about how desperate search you are to go and dress like a sheep and live for as a sheep for day. But like, you know, take that away. Like, man, we've all dressed and disguised ourselves. I mean, you know, like we're, mm-hmm. we're living in disguise lots of times and not fully who God created us to be. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Deacon Adam Conk. Paul George in studio. It's great to be with you. The podcast, the radio show, KLFT Radio, wherever you're listening. Great to be with you. Great to be with you. In fact, it's not bad at all. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the first segment, or if you missed it, go back and uh, listen to it. Um, <clears throat> you'll get the uh, the sheep joke there. <laughs> right? Deacon Adam. Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, the gospel coming up this, this week... Um, you know, from Matthew, uh, there's a couple options on, on the Gospels uh, to be read, you know, on Sunday the, the 22nd. We approach that week. It's interesting, you know, you, you're talking about this guy disguised as a sheep, just like looking for meaning and purpose, like, and look, hello, like, and, and Jesus goes in the Gospel and he he sees his future disciples fishing, doing what they're doing, like just disguised as fishermen, and he sees them as something greater and more, right? Mm-hmm. And he calls them out of fishing to come and follow him, right? Like this is this is this this gospel. Um, it says he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. So we know we know these these cats, right? Pretty important uh, apostles, casting a net into the sea, just doing what they're doing. They were fishermen. That's what they were. That's what it says. He said to them, "Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change you into something new. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you out of this disguise as just fishermen. And look, I'm not talking about like the job of fishermen. Like I'm, I'm talking about like this, this new life of doing, you know, being more of what you're called to do. And at once they left their nets and followed him." It's one of the readings that we actually read in the Greek group. So I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. And he walked along there from the sea, and then he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat, <clears throat> them too, with their father. They were with their father, mending their nets, and he called them immediately. They left their boat and their father and followed him. <clears throat> I mean, 
you know, this is kind of this, this new life that, that Christ calls us to, uh, these moments of leaving the old behind, our nets behind. We have all this imagery um, in, into a new life, like a, a divine life, a, a more human life that mm-hmm. God's calling us to live, right? Yeah, and what a beautiful image for, obviously our Lord is not downgrading the work they were doing. I mean, lots of people go fishing every day to support their family and yeah. the work. It's a dignified work. It's not like he was meeting them in some kind of miserable state. And and I would say this, like whatever job you're in, you know, like 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 work is is holy and it right. and we sanctify our work by doing our work, but yet your work doesn't define you. Like God's got more of a life and a calling for you within your work and when you leave your work and like there, there's more of a purpose, you know, like you're not going to, you know, die and, and in your life you be like, he, he, he was good with numbers. You know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Like, right. like that's okay. But like God's got, got more. That's what he's saying, you know? And the only way to find them more is to be looking up as you do your work. So, I mean, many people throughout my life, as I've encountered this passage with them, initial comments are usually this. They just left it, right? Like it wasn't, it didn't take a lot of convincing. It didn't take a, well, how did that happen? Because as they were fishing, they were used to looking up. Apparently they were used to thinking about the deeper things of life. They were used to finding meaning in their work, right? These are not people always looking down where um, life was miserable and they, they wanted an escape. And, you know, these were not men that were running from their humanity or running from their lives or running from their wives or running from their children, right? These were men who were used to facing life, living it well, and looking up to God for the source of that living well, right? And that's why when the Lord shows up in an unexpected way, they were ready to go Hmm. because they were used to living that way with meaning. And so as we go about our lives and do this work, you're right, work sanctifies when Christ is present as we work and we're looking up in our work as we go about fishing or accounting or whatever we're doing is that Christ is calling us in that moment to fish men with our accounting, fish men with our fishing. (laughs) But for these men, he was calling them to leave the nets behind, to make them fishers of men as as the first bishops. Yeah, I mean, this guy that's dressed like a sheep, like literally like trying to live as a sheep and find his purpose and like just like get away from life. Like, you know, there's, there's like a lot of factors at play, but like, like, just looking at that guy, like where are the men in his life that are like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, hey, 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 stop. <laughs> like, like God's got more for you, man. Like, don't, yeah, yeah like, let's go. Like, let's walk away. Like, this is in part, like, why you and I were intentional about, like, these grid groups and, and, like, just like, hey, God's got more for us. And look, we're not we're talking about, like, fame or fortune. We're talking about, like, life. Like, a, right. he's got more life for you. Like he's got more for you. Yeah, you're going to experience pain, suffering. None of that's going to go away. Like you can go dress like a sheep. Guess what? When you come back, your troubles, everything is still there. But if you have more life of God in you, he'll give you all the grace to face those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Every, you know, like you're going to face them and hit them. Like, but you're going to hit them and God's going to like be moving mountains for you. You know? Yeah. And, you know, one of the, one of the groups, the, the group that you weren't in, um, one of the guys, like a lot of the guys are dealing with life. They're at, like all across the board and, and some more than others have harder things that they're dealing with right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, one of the guys was dealing with a lot right now, a lot, you know, head on dealing with like suffering and pain and, and brokenness and, and just, you know, boom. And, you know, just really just trying. Right. And, and, and finally, like in one of the groups, it, like it just hit me. I had to, I looked at him and I was like, hey, you need to know that the more you lean into God, he's got miracles for you. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to work this out for you. Like, like you're going to come out of this better, more saintly, more virtuous, and he's going to work it out for you. Like we have to believe that as Jesus approached the sea and called these disciples and they had no idea exactly what they were getting themselves into that God, there was a gaze in the face of Jesus that there is more for you. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is the, this is the moment. It's the moment of tension, stress. I mean, it's the moment that led Thomas, the sheep man, to the uh, hills to begin with. His life was stressful. There was anxiety. There was um, a sense it's not working well. Something's not right. That's a crucial moment in all of our lives. Something's that, off. That something's off then causes us to look up or down. That, that's what makes us take the eyes off of ourselves. Because when, when we feel like things are going well, which, by the way, I hear less and less these days, it's yeah. like, how are things going? Oh, man, I'm firing all cylinders. cylinders. It's yeah. all going yeah. great. All eight are just <laughs> popping off, man. But the danger of that is that our gaze is only on ourselves at that mm. moment, right? Like we're trying to make everything work great um, and pretending or not facing the anxieties and the, the, the struggles. Like you said, many people have very palpable, obvious struggles. You can't miss it. But we all have something stressful, something that's difficult. And when we look up for a savior, he's there. You're right. The miracles are there. When we look down to creatures, look down to alcohol or uh, distractions or overworking or escapism, we look down to any of those things, it's an illusion. And then you're right. We snap back into that humanity even harder than it was. The problems are not gone. They're not solved. They're worse. And we're less equipped to deal with them. And, but that's not the way the Lord deals with things. He actually performs miracles. And one of the humble things we have to admit is that we can't do miracles for ourselves. We can't solve the issues. Man, we just, you know, through God's grace and lean in. But, I, you know, I could say, like, you know, not to divulge too much about our groups, but, like, just to, like, paint a picture. Like, you know, these guys, like, just leaning into Jesus, right? Like, just moving forward, going after. You can honestly say there were some major breakthroughs and miracles in guys' lives and their mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. just by just stepping out of the boat. And saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Like, I don't know what that means. But, like, we've got to believe that in doing that, God's going to provide and do miracles in our heart and our mind and our life. And, you know, not not that Jesus is a, you know, a magician, uh, but he is a miracle. Yes. You know, maker. And, like, and those little miracles in our heart to just be faithful and obedient, God provides all the grace, you know, that we need. and. Great. You know, I, and I thought in the first segment, you know, the sheep would have been the weird thing, but it wasn't Catholic. So all that being said, do you, do you actually have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep. That's weird. Who knows? Why are Catholics so weird? No idea where you're going with this. I mean, you know, just be normal for like a minute. Not really. Weird Catholics. Stop. All right, so um, I've never heard this. This is really weird. <laughs> yeah, so, actually, last week I had a weird Catholic stuff that 
you hadn't heard of either. That's true. And so. and you came through with this, you know, blessed epiphany salt exorcism. That's right. Was that last week? I can't that remember. Was last yeah, week. it was. Yeah. Well, this is the story of Saint Gall, G A L L, who I had heard about, but I did not know this part of his story. Is this where the saying comes? You you have Gall? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, so Saint Gall, who lived in the sixth uh, to seventh century, and he he was a monkish figure, okay, not a priest, but he lived. Um, like a hermit, hermit life. Okay. Uh, in the woods, mostly. All right. He was, I mean, he was just a. But not as a sheep. Not as a sheep. Uh, he was dressed like a man. Okay. <clears throat> he uh, he was known for being holy and like he released demons from people. Most famously, the uh, fiance of the king of the Franks okay. in France. So he was. That's where he was. She was possessed. <clears throat> that's right. But uh, anyway, he he lived in the woods and apparently acquired for himself a pet bear. Wow. A domesticated black bear. This is like hundreds of years before St. Francis, who was known for like, you know, the patron of animals. Yeah, maybe maybe St. Gaul needs to be on, on that list. I guess he is. Um, but the way he domesticated <laughs> this bear is kind of the weird part. So he did it by just, in the name of Jesus, this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that. And he would tell the bear to do stuff. And really? the bear would do it. Wow. Yeah. So there was a deacon who went to stay with him for a while. Um, Hiltabod. Deacon Hiltabod. Okay. <laughs> and one night, while Hiltabod was sleeping, Gaul arose and started praying at a cross he had set up. And a bear came by, this bear. The pet bear or another the bear? The pet bear. It's okay. the same. He would... I don't think they would like sleep together. But he would come visit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, as the bear came and Hiltabod woke up, Gaul said to the bear, In the name of the Lord, I command you to take up these logs and throw them into the fire. So the bear like did some work for him. So he picked up the logs and put them in the fire. The, uh, the bear obliged, and then Gaul gave him a loaf of bread and then said, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, depart from this valley. You are free. And then he would leave. And like this was just a thing they had. Wow. Yeah, the bear would come by. Gaul would get him to do some stuff. He'd give him bread in return. And Now, it's interesting. You know, <clears throat> look, we can't deny that like any miracle can happen. Like God can do anything. Nor can we deny on the theological level. Like God gave Adam and Eve domain mm -hmm. over the earth and creatures, right? Mm -hmm. To the point where they, they, he, he gave Adam permit to name the creatures, Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, okay. All right. Now, like, on a spiritual level, and on, like, this guy's, like, you know, so holy and just like, <laughs> hey, bear, do this in the name of Jesus. And the bear does it, you know. Yeah. He does it. Now, I don't know if it was a man dressed as a bear. Because no, this is apparently. No, it's a bear. A bear. Real bear. <laughs> I would say bear. at the end of the day, like, I would just have lack of faith to do that. But, like, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. But if you lived in the woods, no family, and that was just your life, you would probably start talking to animals. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and if they came by, and if you're always thinking about Jesus, if you loved him more than anything, if you believed in him, about the miracles you were talking about, I would probably invite Jesus into the conversation first time I saw a bear, more out of fear for my life being ended. Yeah, and I know in a lot of ways, like, you know, people who have 
pets, there, there are a lot of people who struggle with like deep anxiety or like trauma who mm. will get pets that will, it'll help them with their trauma, mm. you know, or their anxiety. You go through the airport, you know, people have anxiety dogs, you know, things like that. It's real. Like they, yeah. it becomes a companion, a friendship. They talk like they do things. The dog does, you know, like, so I'm not denying that a, a bear, obviously very smart, probably can't be trained <laughs> right. like to like be a companion and to do things. You know, I was on a plane one time. Somebody had a like a anxiety miniature pony. Mm. I don't know if that's allowed anymore. But miniature was, pony? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that so. would be awesome because if you're like late for a flight, you're like, all right, bro, just hop on the pony. And just <laughs> that's true. Clickety, clackety, clickety, just going through the airport. It was big enough to ride, you think? I don't know, the but I mean, probably pony? strong enough. Yeah. I mean, your feet might be dragging, you know. <laughs> Especially yours. You got your ro- roller luggage, you know, <laughs> hanging behind, but like the pony's just like, you know. That is something. Well, if you see a picture of St. Gall with a bear, well, if you see a picture with a saint with a bear hanging out, that's St. Gall. You know, it's, I, uh, the image I have, which is so cool, is like, this is just a very masculine thing, right? Like mm-hmm. here's a here's a, a saint living this aesthetic life and and like just you know prayer. People were coming to him for exorcisms, and you hear that a lot about like these old saints who would live as monks and like out in the middle of nowhere. Like people would find out about him. This is before obviously internet, phone, social media. Like people would just journey out by word of mouth <clears throat> because they were looking for something. Mm-hmm. You know, they needed healing or prayer or spiritual direction or like exorcism and they would find these people out you know like in their hermitage they would make the trek they would do whatever it takes you know uh to accomplish that and you know people would go out to him you know and Mm -hmm. you know i'm a friend you know been journeying with for years and um he sent me a message and you know it's like his text just summed up so many of the conversations I'm having with people. And, and I'll kind of tell you what it is and, and then how I followed up. He says, he just texts me out of the blue. Okay. He says, I need healing. Okay. Like this is somebody who's mm. been struggling, you know, so it's, you know, whatever, but, but like just going through life and work and family and just, you know, doing it right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just doing it all. I need healing. My old wounds keep resurfacing. And my coping skills, i.e. self-medicating, aren't working anymore. Yeah. I'm tired of dressing like a sheep. Like, honestly. Yeah. And he says, the I can do it on my own isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And I need some healing and rewiring. Mm -hmm. That's the actual text. And I thought to myself, one, that's all of us. Yeah. That's me. <clears throat> and this is like a conversation I'm having with so many people. Yeah. I want to read it again because you're listening. I need healing. My old wounds keep resurfacing and my coping skills, i.e. self-medicating, whatever that is, aren't working anymore. The I can do it on my own vow isn't working for me and I need healing and rewiring. Mm. And he And he goes... Where do I go? What do I do? You know, I kind of threw out some options. Like, well, that's kind of hard or, you know, that's far or, you know, and, and, and this is what I said. Um, uh, 
to him. Um, I said, when it comes to this, this healing, this journey, the hard things, I say, do whatever it takes. At least that's been my approach when all this stuff surfaces in my life. Mm-hmm. Just do whatever it takes. People would walk out to this guy, St. Gall, mm-hmm. right? He's a saint? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's, um, <clears throat> they would make the journey, you know, like, and, and they did whatever it took for the exorcism or whatever. And, and, and they, like, do whatever it takes to st- take the step forward, to give your life over to Christ, to, you know, not be afraid to, like, face the issues or the hard things. Like, don't be someone you're not. Like, don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, certain things deserve all of us. We deserve to get lost in them. And one of the I can do it on my own problems is that I'm the one ordering my life where I'm going to decide what compartments everything is in, even God. Like, what, what part he plays in my life, what part my wife plays in my life, what part my children. You know, I'm deciding how all this works. I'm putting it all together. It's a nice package. And it's not going to work because that is me taking the place of God. The reality is all those things are gifts that God has given me. And he knows what their purpose is. He knows how they ought to be ordered. I don't. And so there's a certain reality to God, to, to healing, to, to the mystery that people see in people like St. Gall. There's a certain reality that this is something that is bigger than me that I need to be given over to. Mm-hmm. It needs to rule me. It, right. And this is, this is what we call mystery. God is a mystery. I'm not going to know how it all works. And I, I feel for a lot of young people today, Paul. I don't know if this guy's a young person, but... No, he's, you know, around your, you, you know, between yeah. your age and my age. Yeah. But I feel for a lot of young people today because I don't know if it's, if it's the way media works or if it's the way society works or the way the churches work. I don't know what it is. But it seems like a lot of good people who... who um, or seeking the Lord, seeking the Christian life, seem to think everything has been figured out, and some people get it and some people don't. And I don't know if it's because we've done the celebrity Catholic thing too much. Mm. Like we've presented this this face that these are the people who've got it figured out, mm-hmm. and we can all learn from them. Mm. And then everyone else who's never heard these things or never experienced with it, like you just don't know yet. I don't know, but young people have been affected by whatever we've been doing to where the faith is something that has already been figured out Mm. and there's no real mystery to it. There's just those who do it and those who don't. Mm. And they want to be a part of the group that does it. But there is a mystery to all of this. And every true holy person you've seen, the St. Gaul, he did not have it figured out either, but he decided he would live in the mystery. He would live in the, the wilderness of God where God will send bears and stuff. Like I'm sure that wasn't part of his plan. You probably, know, probably not. Like, he didn't figure that out. But when he went into the woods, when when the apostles left the boat, when it's 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 a handing over my life to the mystery, and I will not order it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. God's going to do it. Um, and there is a danger when we, especially with young people, if we present the gospel as if it's something that I've figured out, I know how to do it. Because young people uh, today I, I are in desperate need of this mystery. Hmm. Like, you're, 
I don't know if um if that's resonating with your experience with young people, but it's like that that following the faith is simply subscribing to the right podcast, reading the right books, and and staying on the right side of of liturgy wars or the right side of whatever, and then like you're doing it right, hmm. you know, <laughs> that's not faith really. I mean, that's part of it, I guess. But yeah, just doing the right thing, it just goes back to this idea of self sufficiency. Like mm-hmm. the faith is lived in relationship with Christ, and what's so beautiful about that is. We're all very unique beings, right? Mm -hmm. Personalities, our makeup, our DNA. There would never be another one exactly like me or you or anyone else. And therefore, as we come into relationship with Christ, we have a very unique relationship, right? That is beautiful, and it's not like your relationship with Christ. There's some characteristics. Do we both pray? Yeah, but how we pray, when we pray, all those things, like how God talks to me and you, like it's completely different. Like if this was just like check the box and like everyone does the exact same thing, like that would, you know, and that's what you're you're talking about is like, oh, let me just do the right things and then I'll end up here. And it's like, no, like it's more about being in this very intimate, unique relationship with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I was just not called to the woods to like, you know, have a bear friend and, (laughs) but this guy was and like did, and he was authentically himself to the Mm -hmm. point where like his friend, the deacon came out to visit him. He didn't hide that from him. He Mm -hmm. wasn't, he wasn't like, well, let me not do that. Yeah. Let's not do the bear thing. Well, but he did. He just was him Mm -hmm. uniquely him in relationship with Christ. And that that's where we really become fully alive is to be uniquely us in relationship with Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we live that out, like it becomes just this beautiful, you know, art and 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 picture of what life looks like. And yeah, yeah, we spend so much time checking boxes and fighting like battles and wars, and you know, it's just like, come on, you guys! Like, imagine if every Christian was just sold out for Jesus and just lived that out. I mean, our world would look, you know, much better, you know, at times. So anyway, I mean that. I mean that. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately like. Well, that's what holiness really is. I mean, holiness is not checking the boxes that add up to a saint. Holiness is essentially turning our life over to the God who has a much better plan than I do. Mm -hmm. And it's subtle, the difference. It's not obvious. I mean, I don't know how many years, months, days I've wasted following Jesus by my own designs. Right. Um, but it is not as fruitful as the days I simply just gave up to him. Now, giving up lower, that doesn't work, right? If we give up to that which is beneath us, beneath our call, that's, that's giving up. But surrender is quite different. Surrender to the Lord is quite different. It's giving up upwards, not downwards. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where real life is. And it's, it's wild. It's mysterious. It's not neat and packaged into a list of seven points to change your life or watch this 20-minute video and it'll make everything work. And what I appreciate about the grid group and about the ministry that you've embarked on in it is there are ways to open our life up to the mystery of God. Mm -hmm. There are ways to do that. But when we limit it to these points will do everything for you, we we become idol worshipers. We we think God is something that can be packaged. Mm. But there is a way to open up to the mystery. There is a way to do that. And that's what evangelization really is. Amen to that. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George Dick and Adam Conkin Studio, show 200-222-222, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Great to be with you, 227. Man. Yeah. Interesting conversation today. So thanks everyone for being a part of the show on the radio, KLFT, or on the podcast, wherever you are. Feel free to share the hidden treasure of our show. <laughs> this is a show in the woods. All right. <laughs> this is not in the marketplace. You got to find us out living in a hermitage and you'll be like, oh, there's their show. Yeah. You got to go deep. I'm, I'm Paul's bear for sure. <laughs> you got to go deep in the woods of yeah. the podcasting radio world. Mm-hmm. To find us. But when you do, I guess. Dude, Paul and the Bear. That's a good <laughs> band name. If we start a band, Paul and the Bear. What if we just change the show's name to that? Paul and the Bear? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you kind of look like a bear in a sense. I know. Like, you're pretty hairy. Yeah. You get this big beard. And the older you get, it just gets kind of bigger. And... A student, um, at John Paul the Great Academy, we have a wonderful relationship with our students. It's uh, wonderful. And part of that relationship is is loving criticism. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I left my bag, you know, like you have a little brief bag where you carry your papers and whatever. Yeah. I left it in a classroom I was teaching in and forgot to take it out. Right. And a fellow teacher uh, decided a good idea was to have the students write these um, loving insults on little post-it notes mm-hmm. and then put them in the bag so that when I found it... Like I you're so hairy, it. ha, 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 or whatever. So one know. of them was... Um, Hey, the the gorilla from Gorilla Glue called. He wants his face back. <laughs> That's what that common. That was pretty me funny. That's yeah. actually pretty good. You're like, yeah. hey, you got me there. Yeah. So yeah. I had like 20 of those waiting for me, which was wonderful. <clears throat> That's interesting. Yeah. You know, we, it, one of the saints we celebrate this week, you know, is we're talking about like living this, you know, authentic and like personalized and and unique life, and and then stepping forward and doing that. Saint Sebastian. Yeah, there's a lot of legend around St. Sebastian, you know, one, because so long ago, uh, second century, like 256 to 287. That is a while back. You know, that's a long, long time ago. But uh, That was before the internet. You know, he he was around the same time as St. Ambrose, um, Mm -hmm. you know, ish. And the legend of St. Sebastian... Is that uh, he was just a very you know masculine man, but to live out his faith, uh, he just like what do I do? Like how do I live this out? Um, you know, he entered the Roman army, okay, pretty good army, as an basically to infiltrate the army because it was only there. How cool is this that he could assist the martyrs without arousing suspicion? Wow. So he entered in the army to like assist the Christian martyrs who were being killed by their faith. Like a military chaplain to for but, martyrs. But like undercover, like right. more like CIA. Right, CIA military chaplain 
secret agent guy. Yeah, either save you or like help you to die in peace. Well, finally found out, caught up with him. You know, he's just just being who God was asking him to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were ordered for the archers to shoot him to death. His body was pierced with arrows and he was left for dead, but uh, was found still alive by those who came to bury him. He recovered, but refused to flee. Like he refused to like go back. Mm-hmm. You just no. This is this is my calling. This is who I'm called to be. And this is beautiful for for all of us. Like he didn't run from it, run from the suffering, but like whatever the Lord was asking. And then eventually he was clubbed to death. And that's how it ends. <laughs> Goodbye, Sebastian. Well, that's not how it ends. On the last day, when we see Saint Sebastian, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, what an icon of what we were talking about earlier, that him embracing the mystery of God's plan for his life and not Mm -hmm. turning back, he gets wounded by it. Now, those wounds, the way the mystery wounds Mm -hmm. us, are healing wounds. You know, So those arrows are healing arrows. Mm -hmm. That's why when you see a a picture of St. Sebastian today, you'll see those arrows in him. There's a lot of art around St. Sebastian, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the patron of um, athletes. And uh, so he's, he's popular for that reason, but he has these arrows sticking out of him in, in those images. And you might say, well, you know, why would we depict him with his wounds? Those are not the same wounds of uh, pre-conversion. Those are the wounds post-conversion, in the sense of the wounds that the mystery gives us. Mm. The wounds that that bear might have given St. Gall the first time he told him to, to mm. go get his newspaper. Um, when you're embracing the mystery, the mystery will wound you. It's, it's the wound of St. Peter when, mm. you know... He was walking on water and fell and then maybe hit a rock. I don't know. But it's it's when you're doing it, right? I'm going to live the life. You're not going to do it perfectly. You're not. It's not going to not hurt. But those wounds are the ones that actually heal us from the other wounds, mm. which is the wounds of sin, the wounds of pain, the, the wounds of life without God. And uh, so anyway, he, he gets wounded by the mystery, by embracing God's life for him. And because it, they were healing, he keeps going. Mm. He, he doesn't turn back because of him. He keeps going. You know, that's sort of what we were talking about in the first segment with the guy with the withered hand or the leprosy. Like, you know, his testimony is the the wound that's healed. Like, that's mm-hmm. how he gives testimony to Christ. And, and, you know, our healed wounds are our testimony. Like, we shouldn't run from them or hide them, right? They become part of our story that glorifies God. Like, I'm alive and moving forward today because of what God has done in my life, not only because who he is, but what he's done in my life. I mean, he's healed me and look at my wound, my healed wounds. I want to share those with you because that glorifies Christ. What happens today and like people just like want to ignore that ever happened or don't want to be authentic about it. And it's like, no man, like here it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is, you know, my wounds from these arrows, although healed, give glory to God, what he did in my life. Yeah. And what he's currently doing, like you said, I mean, to give a Christian testimony is not to talk about how God made my life very neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't neat and tidy, then I accepted the Lord in my life, and right. now everything's in its place and neat and tidy, and and you should do that too. That is the worst Christian testimony, because mm-hmm. it, it makes God an idol, you know, someone that serves us and our plans and designs. The best Christian testimony is, I have no idea what's going on, but man, God loves me, and He takes care of me every day. And the adventures we go on together, me and God, are just unbelievable. Hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes I get shot with arrows, but it's okay. You know, I keep going. Yeah, here are my wounds. Here are my hmm. wounds. And, and I have all kind of problems. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, 
I was just telling you during the break how my kids keep breaking my windows in my house, and yep. I don't know how to solve that. Been there, done that, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> you look at our house, it's like, it's the story of our life, literally. Right. Broken windows. But that's part of the adventure I'm on with God, because my, you know, I've handed my life over to him. I'm embracing the mystery. Yeah, I think so much of the church, like in recent like years and, and whatnot, and, and this is a general statement, like, so it's not mm-hmm. to everyone in a sense, is like, we... We talk a lot about the theology of who God is, mm-hmm. right? And we want to just convince everyone instead of what he's done. Mm-hmm. The power of what God has done and what he's doing in my life, like that's real testimony. And that's what the apostles preached on. Here's who Jesus is and here's what he's done in my life. I turned and repented from sin and here's my wounds that are healed. And that, I mean, you follow St. Paul. I mean, he's constantly going between here who's who who Jesus is and here's what he's done mm-hmm. you know and without that piece like no one's gonna like believe you know yeah like we can convince you know and we can make arguments all about the theology but if we're not willing to like testimony give testimony what he's done in my life the miracles the wounds and the healing then then what do we have we have no testimony to what Christ has done, that he's alive. I mean, the story of our God is that he's alive and active and moving. Mm-hmm. Well, as you say, St. Paul, that reminds me of his relationship with St. Mark or John Mark, which, um, I mean, Paul was, he, he didn't have much patience for those that were not going to give that kind of testimony to what God is doing and moving now and only wanted to live life like in a, or live Christianity in kind of a cerebral way. Mm-hmm. So not to say that St. Mark did, but St. Mark was a younger guy, uh, probably a teenager when, um, when he started following the Lord and he accompanied Paul, but he got homesick and he got, you know, whatever. And Paul said, go back. I have no use for you. <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, you're not going to put your hand to the plow and get to the work of building the kingdom so that we can see God move and give testimony to that. Then you don't have the power to evangelize with me. Right. Um, and that's not to denigrate St. Mark, who isn't literally an evangelist, so he's a great evangelizer. But it is to show how Paul's commitment to what you just said was consistent and, and essential to his ministry. <clears throat> because as he started churches, literally for the first time ever, in several places, he brought people to Christ who either didn't know God at all because they weren't Jewish, <clears throat> or didn't know Jesus and would, had this hurdle to come up. Hmm. Paul was able to accomplish that because he witnessed to what the power of God was now Amen. in their life. And there's a power to evangelizing. Boom. Boom. Speaking of evangelizing, share the show. I don't know what to do. The treasure, the gold, come out, <laughs> come out the to forest. the woods with us. <laughs> Fine. Paul and the bear. <laughs> Paul and the bear. So if you're listening, uh, the podcast, thank you so much for being a part of the show, for all our sponsors, for making the show happen. And of course, KLFT Radio, Catholic Christ our King Radio, Catholic Radio here in Acadiana, and everyone in Acadiana being a part of the show. And thanks to Deacon Adam, the bear. That's, I mean, we're on to something here. Yeah. yeah. Paul and the bear. I think so. Okay. Paul and the bear. We'll see you guys next week. God bless.